Hey, good morning. Hi, guys. There's Chris. How are you? <laughs> hey, Adam. Welcome aboard. Happy Sunday, everyone. Mr. Blodgett. Tuck Garage. Yeah, me too, Adam. <laughs> Should be fun. Oops. Trying to acknowledge everyone here. You're going too fast for me. So, uh, happy Sunday morning from uh, the wilds of New Hampshire. Uh, it's uh, time for another uh, PFG IG Live. Uh, and today we're going to be joined by Stefan Gottswinter, who is, I see, showing up. Good morning, Stefan. I hope you got your coffee. Um, let's see. Florian, welcome aboard. Machines Guru. Awesome. I, got, I have your request, and I'll add you in a minute. I'll get rid of the preliminaries first, and then we'll bring you right in. So uh, my name, if you're just joining us this morning, is Spencer Webb. My, my uh, company, my shop is Kinetic Precision. And uh, when I'm not doing machining fun stuff, I'm upstairs right there doing antenna design. <laughs> um, Laney Machine Tech, also known as Adam, asks... Is there any way to see the comments from previous recordings, or are they lost forever? I am very sorry, but the comments are lost forever. This is why you hear me um, repeat the questions, because when we save the video, that's the only way they get saved. So I apologize. If we ever uh, switch over to or add uh, YouTube, a YouTube Live, I believe YouTube does keep the comments. And we'll talk about that. Uh, let, you know, we're on a, gro a growth curve here, and I think it might make sense someday to do that. I tried it once. I tried. It, I, I did a simultaneous uh, YouTube live and uh, Instagram live, and the number of uh, people that joined in on the YouTube live was zero. So it was not encouraging. But then again, you know, times change. So uh, the, getting the preliminaries out of the way. Um, if you're interested in, uh, yeah, <laughs> let me see if I could read that. Yes, yeah, Bummerino. Nice. I like that. Uh, if you're interested in uh, Precision Stones, there's the website. That's that's the only commercial I'm going to give you today. Uh, and what else is going on? We'll give you an update on monochromatic light sources. Uh, interesting things happening there. Um and I'm going to just bring Stefan in because we're going to we're going to incorporate all of this into into our uh, discussions today. Plus, we're going to give away a McMaster car catalog. So, uh, are you ready for this, Stefan? I'm going to hit the button. <laughs> T. Sanchez uh, says, uh, "Sunday black belt series of stoned stuff." I like it. Yes. Here we're going to talk about stoned things. So I hit the button in any second now, something weird's going to happen. It Hi. happened. Hey. Hi. It's amazing <laughs> that this works. That's great. Cool. <laughs> well, let me get my volume up here. Let's 
all this technical <laughs> stuff we have to make work. Am I long enough? Right, say again? Okay. Um, uh, my volume? Your volume is good. Okay. Uh, the only thing I would change is you have some backlight. I, I guess I do too. If there's any way to get a little front light on you. Oh, perfect. Oh. <laughs> very flexible. That's uh, very nice. Oh, we have a Kern mug. So I was triggered by uh, by Robin uh, the other week, and I had to get my ginger beer out. <laughs> so this is, uh, for those of you keeping score at home, this is Trader Joe's uh, Triple Ginger Brew, which is a rare treat for me. It's pretty good. <laughs> so... And there's no alcohol, so don't worry. Well, uh, good uh, good afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, good, good evening on my side. <laughs> it's evening. It's almost dinner time, right? Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to it. Uh, have you been following the, the uh, lapping fever that we have caught? Yes, but I have not watched Robin's the, the live stream with Robin. Oh, it's it's on my not, not yet. It's still on yeah. my watch list. It was it was uh, truly out of control, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully today will be equally out of control. But he uh, somehow we got triggered on lapping. I guess from, from some of his posts. So now I am starting to build monochromatic light sources, which is also Adam's fault at Laney Machine Tech, and uh, we're having some fun. So uh, I was a little worried today because we had a power outage, and uh, <laughs> and we only got power back about uh, uh, 15 minutes before uh, showtime here, uh, which may or may not have affected us, but thankfully it's all fixed. I was in the shop, and I, I actually heard a uh, uh, a transformer blow up somewhere, and then the lights went off, and I'm like, oh, this is... Perfect. Oh, that's great. <laughs> great. Good start. So we don't have any, we don't have any super particular topics today. Um, thank you very much for your most recent video on um, drilling on the lathe. Oh, much controversial topic of drilling with the carriage. I loved it. I, you know what I, I like best about what you taught? That's perfect. That's not better. I, I, I like the fact that the little uh, observe, you know, observe the bit as it touches and you can watch it twitch. Yeah, you can, you can see like 50 microns that way. Yeah, that was brilliant. And, and uh, that was worth the whole price of admission right there. <laughs> so thank you. Um, uh, so that was a great video. And, and uh, folks, if you have questions today, uh, the best way to ask them is if you have your app on the bottom, there might be a little question mark in a dialogue bubble. And if you hit that, you could put a question in and it goes into a question queue, which is really nice. If you don't have that, it's okay to put it in the chat, but I have to warn you, uh, the chat is um, busy. <laughs> it will go past by fast. It goes flying by. So we'll, we'll do our best to catch you. But, so, Stefan, if you could help me with one piece of uh, administration here, we have to give away a McMaster car catalog. Uh, 
The Holy Catalog. The Holy Catalog. Uh, so, do they still not give it away to everyone? Um, it's uh, it's it's U.S. only, just because of shipping mm -hmm. problems. Um, and and no, they're still pretty hard to get. I think because it's really expensive to make. Okay. Uh, but I don't, you know, I get it because I'm a customer, a big, you know, mm -hmm. an ample customer, but I don't really need it. So I'm going to swing the camera around if I can figure out how to do it. There we go. Uh, uh, Stefan, would you please pick a number between one and five? Three. Three. So I'm going to click the generate button three times. One, two, three. And we have a random number. Mm -hmm. That's number 10. Now we switch over to our spreadsheet. And number 10 is K. Howard, 279. You're the man. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Absolutely. So K. Howard, 279. If you're with us today, drop me a DM. I'm going to write your name down here. And I will send you a McMaster Cars catalog, number 128. Isn't that awesome? Speaking of McMaster car catalog, have you ever seen the art piece from Tom Sachs who made a bronze casting of a McMaster car catalog? <laughs> I did not. I will, I will put later, uh, I will send you a link later. Okay. I'll That's great. It. That's awesome. Yeah, it is it, the, holy, the Holy Bible. Uh, and they're great guys. One of the things about, and this is not a McMaster car commercial. One of the things about McMaster car is if you need something and they don't carry it, all you have to do is tell them what you want and they will get it for you. Will they put it in, in their online catalog then for you or just ship it to you? They will assign it a special part number. Mm -hmm. I think it starts 999, you know, something like that. And then all you do is you order that part number and they take care of everything. Oh, but that's they, it is pretty neat. They're nice people. They're super nice people. So, um, yeah, let's let's see. We have some questions coming in. So uh, let's just jump into it and let the uh, – let's just make sure I didn't miss any in the chat here. Um, right. Here we go. Let's go with this one first. Indiana John asks, any tips on making annular cutters? Have you ever well, made an annular cutter? More like a tree panning cutter on the lathe, but not a real uh, annular cutter. I would start with a piece of pipe and braise in some carbide and then grind it. Sure. Take a piece of pipe, cut cut three, four, six flutes in it. Maybe even, not even cut flutes, but uh, plunge in with an end mill from the top and braise in a round piece of carbide and then grind the flute through the carbide. Something like that, if, so, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm not sure I ever thought about making one, but, but a, trip, a, a trepanning tool makes sense uh, as something that's, that's makeable but um and i've also heard about people using just copper pipe and a uh abrasive compound yeah i tried that in glass 
um, <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's absurd slow. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a little time. Uh, okay, that's a good one. That's a good start. Let's see. We'll go right into another one here. Favorite or preferred brand of lapping compound? What, what grits would you suggest someone starting out to purchase? Well, <laughs> for, hmm, do we talk? Hmm. Well, I would start with a generic silicon carbide um, a lapping compound, like a, a wealth lapping compound. Time saver. Uh, this, is, this is clover. Oh. Which is, I think, a silicon carbide. Uh, I like silicon carbide because it, it cuts very fast and aggressive, but it also breaks down extremely fast. It, it will get a very fine compound after some use, and you will go into the finer grits automatically, in my experience. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't charge into, into a lap as much, it seems. It's more, as, as much as diamond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and this is you know, uh, Adam uh, Adam B from Laney Machine Tech was talking about uh, the fact that the carrier material for the lapping compounds are actually highly engineered, and um, so he was advising against trying to formulate your own. <laughs> well, I, I played around with. I have loose silicon carbide grit from somebody who makes uh, super lapping stones from a company. And I tried to mix it with, with light oils, with WD-40, with, uh, with uh, isopropyl alcohol, IPA, uh, with mixed results. But uh, in general, 400 grit silicon carbide is, is a good, good point to start. We'll give a matte finish usually if the grain is rolling. When it starts to break down and embed, you can get a very good finish with it. If we're talking super abrasives, uh, diamond, I like seven, seven microns, three and a half micron, and one micron diamond for, for stuff I do. Excellent. I'm not yeah. sure if, if manufacturers here would make sense because I'm here in Germany and we have our local supplies. So you've answered one of the one of the uh, overarching questions of the day, which is micro inches or microns. Micron. Micron. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. And what are you drinking today? Uh, black coffee. Okay. <laughs> you know, people and, people. and I have water here. People always want to know. Um, Okay, here's a follow-up question from Indiana John. Uh, that cutter would be used in a lathe to turn down a shoulder on the end of a 3 stud down to 118. So if you're in, if you're in a lathe, go ahead. Oh, sorry, didn't want to. I'm trying to understand it. So he's in a lathe and he's got a three sixteenths stud and he's going to turn it down to one eighteen, and he wants to use an annular cutter. That's almost like a box tool on a, um, 
on an automatic lathe, on a, on mm -hmm. a screw, screw machine. Uh, that's, that would be another idea to look for um, a box tool. That's a lathe tool. You have, you have your cutter on one side and you have um, almost like a, a, a traveling steady rest on the back side and it supports the, the material while you're cutting the diameter. This will allow you to, to cut very long, thin diameters without uh, additional support. The tool itself supports the material while it's cutting. So maybe that's easier way than an angular cutter. Or you, what the watchmakers use is a, a rose cutter. That's, all, that's like a piece of, uh, they use drill rod usually. Uh, drill the end, they file some teeth into it and harden it with a torch and then um, they use it like an annular cutter. And uh, side question, uh, silver steel is a term that I believe you use on the, on, on your side of the pond. Uh, oh, that's the Brits. Say again? The Brit Britons. Oh, they call yeah. it silver steel? Okay. Yeah, well, we call it drill rod or uh, in German Silberstahl, which is silver steel. Okay. But uh, that's a, a very vague description. It can be a lot. Usually it's a uh, water hardening tool steel here. Gotcha. Yeah, we use a lot of um, O1, uh, which is, it's drill rod, but it's, it's, uh, it's the oil hardening flavor. Yeah. So uh, Fad Radcater asks a critical question. What's the German ginger beer that Stefan approves of? Well, German law does not allow ginger <laughs> beer. Beer consists of like, I think, three ingredients and that's it. So, uh, to be the German Reinheitsgebot, and that's, yeah, it's not a law anymore, but it exists. So the word beer implies something very specific. Yes. Now, I, I will, I just noticed as soon as you said that, I looked over, and this says ginger brew. Ah. <laughs> so this is, this is compliant with German laws. I, I don't want to get any... <laughs> I don't want an international warrant uh, being issued in my name. To be honest, I have never tried uh, something ginger-like before. So I cannot really tell. I recommend it. Um, <laughs> uh, Adam says, <laughs> how do you justify Radler then? That's a corner case. Okay. <laughs> corner. For those who don't know, uh, Radler is beer with lemonade mixed. So like a 50-50 mix. That sounds interesting. Um, Precisely Imprecise says, I use W1, which is our water hardening steel, mm -hmm. for making chasing tools. It's quick and dirty for non-precision <laughs> applications. If you're talking quick and dirty, you came to the right place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tarsha Metalworks says, cough, Bundaberg, cough. Bundaberg is a uh, Australian ginger beer. Okay. Which I with Australian beers, it's that they are very close to the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Radler. Somebody else brought up Radler. Um, Fad Radcator says Shanty Summer. Never heard of it. No, nope, doesn't ring a bell. 
large format guy says, what? You mean you don't have black cherry banana horchata flavored wheat beers? Oh, doch, we have those. Um, <laughs> uh, hipster beers. That's awesome. Um, you guys are out of control. Okay, Tuck Garage asks uh, in chat, what's the smallest size part you have worked with? Hmm. I, in my own shop, the smallest parts that I made for a customer were lathe parts with uh, turned parts out of stainless, uh, 1.5 millimeter diameter and maybe two millimeter long with radius formed onto it and then plasma nitride it. Uh, these went into some medical application. Cool. So that's that's really one of the smaller things. And another one was for fiber optics, 1.5 millimeter diameter, six or seven millimeter long and drilled all the way through with 0.8 millimeters. It was really tiny. I remember some, you posted some uh, videos on some tiny stuff. Um, how hard is it for you to get stuff uh, nitrided? Uh, very easy. I have a plasma nitride place that does everything that's a ferrous metal. They will even do like a 303 stainless or 305 stainless plasma nitride. It uh, takes maybe two weeks. I sent the stuff there. They send it back with an invoice and very easy to deal with. That's really cool. Um, Robin uh, recommended a place here in the States, which is uh, in Ohio, I think, which I, I have yet to try, called uh, Solar Atmospheres. That's also his heat treater, I think. Yeah. So I think I'm going to give them a try one of these days. Uh, one more question from the chat. Uh, CNC Chilliman says, if Elon Musk money arrived in the morning... Whoa! Which mill slash lathe do you purchase without hesitation? So after buying Twitter, I would buy a perfectly refurbished Schaubling 135 from uh, Ruema here in Germany. They rebuild Schaubling lathes to uh, better than factory standard. And for a milling machine, me. Uh, something may hmm. either a film on look at your mug look at your mug or for the rough work maybe a current micro <laughs> <laughs> for the rough work no no let's let's talk manual machines first uh, a film on drill mill they look like an import round column milling machine like like the rf uh, 25 machines uh, very nice machines, very fast for prototyping. And if you talk CNC, yeah, maybe a current HD, maybe I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a I'm not too deep into CNC machining centers. Uh, Arudas, Marv is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe a film on CNC. Uh, well, there you go. I think we've spent all that money now. Uh, let's oh, see. Bummer. Another question came in from Trey Mole. Your favorite way to clock out a headstock? Does that mean to align the headstock with the ways of the machine? I, th I think it does. I think it does, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I rough align it with a test bar, if I have a test bar. Otherwise, I will just take a piece of uh, linear shafting in a good running uh, collet or uh, chuck. Align the headstock with, with an indicator as good as possible. And then I will test cut. I will test, I will uh, do what's called a two color test because it's, it's relatively fast to do. You take a piece of round material, you, you undercut the center. So you have two larger diameter on both ends. Then you take a pass here and without disturbing the cross slide setting, you move over and you take a cut here. You micrometer both diameters and then you uh, get, a, get an idea how the taper is oriented. If, if the part is thicker on, on the tailstock end, you have to rotate the headstock towards you and other way around. Uh, that, that's in my opinion, and I think that's also uh, Richard King's opinion, uh, one of the faster ways to align headstock. So if you're taking a test cut, uh, that sounds like it's going to include some cutting stresses. Yes. Another method would be to put the indicator in the tool holder and then measure a known test bar, right? Yes. And you can do that. And you can even um, take out the runout error. The nice thing about the test cut is you don't have a runout error because you're truing it up. If you use just a piece of round bar, you have to deal with this, first of all, the material has to be perfectly round, like a linear shafting, and uh, it can be bent. That's okay. You can uh, calculate that away. You have to take a measurement uh, on, the, on the front side and then spin it 180, take another measurement, add those two up, divide by two, and then you get the average. But it sounds like the, the test cut is the quicker way to go. Yes, uh, test cut is, is you, you have a good diameter to length ratio, otherwise your tool will uh, bend the weight apart. And of course, without tail stock. Yeah, let's see. Because you want to align just a headstock. Um, okay, Fad Radcator, I didn't understand your last question, so we're skipping that if you want to give me a different one. Uh, Nano CNC Limited. <clears throat> says for M1.2 <laughs> through lapped holes in 316 stainless any tips on the tap oh through tap yeah through tap any tips on the tap style spiral point fluteless etc I don't think you have much options in M1.2 with taps I think you can only get through taps anyways um Good cutting oil. Make make. Uh, do, do you want to tap on a machine or a manual? If you want to tap manual, I would make a small knurled knob and just tap by hand with the machine uh, guiding the tap. If you want to do it on a machine, I would thread mill it. If it's a CNC, thread mill it. If it's a manual mill. Uh, with the machine as a guide. When, when those taps break, you won't even hear it. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you will feel it and you will scream. <laughs> the scream and, is louder than anything. 
And 316 uh, stainless is also fun to tap, so. That's what I understand. <laughs> uh, excellent. So uh, from the chat, Adam B. Said, at Laney Machine Tech says, I've got a great method with checks alignment of the headstock and the cross slide simultaneously using a special tool with a gauge ball on it. No cutting required, not mandrel either. I'll share later. So that's hmm. the teaser from Adam. We'll, we'll take it. No, I'm curious. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, wish I could bring three guys in here. Um, let's see. Bavarian CNC, Bavaria CNC says, you need a beer or two doing that tap. <laughs> you could probably use beer as a, as a tapping fluid. Yeah, in, in plastic and aluminum, maybe. <laughs> let's see. Oh, <clears throat> Firmworks Limited says, I've been breaking M3 taps and stainless steel this weekend on my CNC lathe. Aww. Welcome aboard, buddy. Aww. Do you ever use um, uh, molybdenum disulfide? For tapping? Yeah. I tried it. Mm, didn't, didn't do much for me. Didn't, didn't change much. Okay. Uh, I buy a relatively good cutting oil from Yukish. Uh, that it's, uh, it's a plant-based cutting oil, and I'm extremely happy with it, and it doesn't smell or smoke as badly. Cool. And I use that in basically everything. I don't use uh, the magic cutting oil for each material. In the, in the old days, uh, back oh. when there was no, uh, <laughs> no Instagram, the joke was that Molly D., uh, would tap the hole for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, on, on Practical Machinists, there are the most weird recipes for cutting oils and uh, cutting yeah. fluids that you to to, to, to <clears throat> Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Molly D jokes were plentiful. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, here we go. Here's a good one. Yeah, we've got two good questions in the queue. And one coming up on uh, from chat. SG works, or if you'll allow me, SG works. Says, <laughs> "Hi, Stefan. Gary here from Vancouver. I have an RF forty-five similar to yours. How do you improve rigidity between the head and dovetail vertical column?" So, for those who don't know, the the RF forty-five has a vertical column with dovetailed. And the problem on these is the, duct, the, the, the column is slotted through because the nut passes through to the back to the, to the uh, lead screw. And the whole column is relatively flexible against compression from the dovetail. So when you, when, when you set the gear very tight, it will just bend the column inwards a little bit. So that, that's the big weak point on those machines and you cannot do much against that. Um, a friend of mine did something. He, he bolted six millimeter thick plate to the extreme back side of the column, bolted and dowel pinned it to the back, and that gave a lot of rigidity against uh, uh, bending inwards. Apart from that, I keep the gib on my mill relatively tight, so tight the head 
barely moves down under its own weight. And that's all I do. Okay. No magic recipe here, sorry. <clears throat> uh, Byron Calomamas says, hey, 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 do you use IPA on the CNC on steel as well? Ever worried about sparks from <laughs> mistakes igniting it? So the IPA on, on the CNC router is a great great way to cut aluminum and some plastics. You cannot cut all plastics because of um, uh, stress-induced stress cracking from the alcohol. Um, polycarbonate is very prone for that. Um, and no, I don't cut steel or any other uh, spark, sparky materials like titanium or that with uh, IPA. In those cases, I just run straight water-soluble coolant in, in the minimum quantity sprayer. I, I have a plastic story. We had some parts made for a project. This is 15 years ago. And uh, it was in Ultem. And Ultem is not inexpensive. Uh, you pay dearly. And, and we had a shop make the parts. So the guy that was working with me, who was a terrific guy, he was doing some assembly work on this device we were making. And he put a drop of Loctite on a screw. And, and you know where this is going. Mm -hmm. Put it into the Ultem part. And, and in seconds, before his eyes, the entire part completely reticulated and fell, and fell apart. And, and he was... And he was well aware of what the price of these things were. And he was, he was mortified. And uh, uh, he's an awesome dude. I, I love him. And I went over there and I said, this is why we bought two. <laughs> so that was our lesson in Loctite on Ultem. No good. Uh, we, <clears throat> we have a dig here from Marv Grow. I believe this was in response to talking about Molly D., he says, the real shizzle is zirconium oxide-based nanoparticle lubrication. <laughs> My tooling supplier does not carry that. <laughs> you know, if I read you that sentence and didn't tell you who said it, you'd know who said it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's grab another question out of the question bin. Um, wow, we got a bunch. I'm trying to take them in chronological order. Uh, Firmworks says, what's your <laughs> thoughts on Adam the Machinist's 3D printed V-block concept? Now, I will point out, gentlemen, so there's no fisticuffs, that Adam the Machinist is in the, is in the chat right now, so be nice. <laughs> So I, don't, I better don't say anything wrong. Um, it would be great if it was made out of tool steel and completely hardened through and ground. And ground. I like And in all honesty, it's a, it's a great concept. Um, the inserted carbide dowels for uh, workpiece uh, resting uh, makes absolutely sense. And as Adam says, you never have to write V-block. You buy, you, you look in your tooling catalog and, oh, Great, a V-block, I will buy that and use it. And once you start making real parts, you never have a fitting V-block. It's always the same. I, I have cut 
eBlock support with an abrasive disc to make them fit certain parts. So um, to quickly iterate on vBlocks, his design is, is really neat. I, I thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And the way I machine, I, I have a never ending supply of, uh, of small pieces of carbide cylinders. <laughs> you make them yourself? I make them myself, yes. They're manufactured here. Uh, <clears throat> one question. Let's see, did we miss any in chat? No, let's go to the next one. Um, <clears throat> Fad Radcater says, Steph, thanks for the addition, additional information on Robin's bit deep bit modifications. Are you posting your development drawing? Um, I, I, <laughs> I have a, a stack of of hand sketches for my, for example, for the needle bearing modifications. And I have a very crude 3D model for the uh, long travel modification. Um, I can do a post on the on the sketches. Just uh, it won't be super helpful, but you you will get an idea of what I did, and uh, you can go from there. It's probably more than enough information to um, to to develop your own solution for that. Um, I, I can definitely post those uh, sketches because I like sketching. Okay. I, I really enjoyed your uh, the modifications you did. I thought that was <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, that escalated a little bit. I just wanted to fix the the swivel bearing, and then I was like, hmm, "Could do Robin's mod while I'm here too." And then when you're all, it's like it's like stone soup. When you're all done, it's a totally different machine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <clears throat> this new guy called Laney Machine Tech. Uh, says, can you walk us through your procedure for cylindrical grinding and any special things to take note of regarding geometry and surface finish? And he, in another post, he says, my question should also be extended to cylindrical lapping. So cylindrical grinding, I never learned it. I, I did it uh, try and error. I, I have two ways of doing it with between centers. I have the center fixture where I drive the part with no ring or as, as usual with uh, like an Herrick um, grindle, very similar. And with the finish, with finish, I never really had issues. I usually grind regular tool steels that are not highly alloyed. I grind them with a 46 grit aluminum oxide wheel and I get a finish that's very, very, very uh, usable. If I need a finer finish, I can go, I use a 60 grit 3SG wheel, a Norton wheel. I like that a lot because uh, the corner holds up extremely well when, when you do peel grinding. It's crazy expensive wheel, of course, so I don't use it for everything. Um, what I learned when grinding between centers, um, an the off-center mass of the drive dog will make the part out of round. First of all, the quality of the center matters. I didn't believe that at first, but um, <laughs> it influences the roundness of the part. Wow. So what I do now is I have a 60 degree um, 
six-degree carbide deeper bit from which you would run in a CNC mill, and I use that to recut the centers after hardening. Ah. I think I showed that in the deep bit uh, grinder rebuild video very quickly. So uh, you said something very interesting, which is that the the off-center uh, mass of the dog is is actually influencing the part, which I find quite interesting. Uh, pretty cool. I hope, we, I hope we address some of that, uh, Lainey. I, I dug up the notes I took on the 3x5 file card uh, from your video on the, um, the three-facet uh, spotting drill. Oh, that's a neat tool. It's I I want to make one. So I did I did I mention I have a collection of these uh, cylindrical pieces of silicon carbide. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna make one. I think uh, I think that's really neat. I learned from Danny Rudolph about those. They are a commercial product from Mitsubishi Carbide. Oh really? So you can buy them. They are not not crazy expensive. But uh, if you have a grinder with a diamond wheel or a milling machine with a diamond wheel, you can make them yourself. Pretty neat. Hey, uh, Indiana John has a good idea. He says, uh, sounds like the drive dog needs a balancing ring kind of thing. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Even if it just has a, you know, the, the you have the drive leg, it could have a dummy leg. Mm -hmm. That would be a great idea. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can do, you can increase the overall mass of the drive dog. If you ever have seen a drive dog from a cylindrical grinder, they are more like they're not like a traditional lathe dog. They're just a massive round disc with a with a hole in it where the drive pin of the spindle will drive to work. It sounds even, it sounds totally balanceable. Yeah, you can balance it with a cordless drill and with putting holes in it. Um, I never thought I'd hear the the, the phrase. Balance it with a cordless drill, but <laughs> no. Um, or you can drive the work without a dog, just like Robin does with, with a pulley directly on the work, and, and then with an O-ring, which makes very much sense. Yeah, makes uh, a lot of sense. So um, I think we've cleared out the, the queue here. Let's see. So I want to ask you about your new grinder. I'm having so much fun watching you uh, drive this new grinder. It's awesome. Oh, it's a, such a nice machine. <laughs> so, what size um, what size wheel are you using? So the grinder is built for 125 millimeters wheels. That's uh, four five inches. Five inch wheel, yeah. About and up to 20 millimeter wide wheels, which is a bit of a stretch because uh, a 20 millimeter wide wheel will put a lot of strain on everything. Uh, I keep it to 13 millimeter wide wheels, which would be a half inch wheel. Yep. Uh, 20 millimeter bore, so I can use, um, for example, cutoff wheels from an angle grinder, five inch uh, angle grinder cutoff wheels. They have a 22 and a little bit diameter bore and with a reducer sleeve, I can use those on the grinder. And um, 3M makes those uh, Kubitron cutoff wheels. Um, normal grinding wheel is dirt and the Kubitron wheels are 
precision darts glued together, and they (laughs) (laughs) What's the what's the Norton three digit code for dirt? Ninety three C, I think. Uh, I'm gonna order. Um, That's very funny. Uh, Well, that sounds neat. Uh, That that machine. Because the other day I was setting up something on the ground. Actually, I was doing some lips uh, on stones. Mm-hmm. So I've got my head laying on the table, stuck in, you know, bent over, and I'm I'm visually trying to get everything lined up while I pick up my my zero reference. <laughs> and I and I thought of you. I thought of you <laughs> in your leather bound easy chair, right, with sitting your, in front with, of the wheel, with your <laughs> yeah, with your brass telescope looking right down the pipe. I I already have a microscope here that I will put in front of the wheel for certain grinding operations. Awesome. It it makes so much sense for doing you know fine work. It's yeah. awesome. I I saw that machine years ago at the trade show, and when I asked them about the price, yeah, like twenty thousand uh, euros. <laughs> that was ten years ago almost. I think. Yeah. And uh, these days, it's more like 40K. <laughs> but, you know. The machine, it, it's a manual grinder. There's, there is not much to break on it. it if, if I don't decide to sell it, I will have it until I retire or fall into a wooden box. <laughs> wooden box? Come on. Cardboard. <laughs> don't waste all that wood. Uh, let's see. Well, I really, if you guys have any questions, we've got some room. So uh, fire away. Otherwise, we can walk over to the grinder. Yeah, sure. You can go take a walk. And, uh, this will become a nice rumble ride. We'll go, we'll go mobile. Yeah. 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 Okay, there we are. There is the grinder. That's so awesome. Of course, it looks backwards now on Instagram, but... Yeah, I flipped the camera around. There we go. This is operator perspective. You sit like this and you look kinder side, um, by the side of the wheel, but you can move your head in and you look straight at the wheel. Of course, the wheel is spinning away from you. It's spinning this way. So if you shoot apart, it will go uh, downrange, not in your face. And to be fair, the machine comes with uh, a clear six millimeter thick uh, polycarbonic guard here, which I'm not sure it, it got lost or something. Yeah, it must have been <laughs> misplaced. Yeah, uh, you have the huge handle on the side to do the table table movement, and uh, down feet here, cross traverse up here on both sides, which is nice when you do cylindrical grinding because then the right hand can be on the traverse and the left hand can do a diameter adjustment. We have the very nice Heidenheim DRO here. I set it to one micron readout. I can set it to, uh, I think, two more digits. Uh, these are analog scales and they can't interpolate that accurate. But uh, this is practical. This is the practical limit. So I have to ask... At, at what temperature? <laughs> um, see that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's an issue. Um, I did, especially as the machine is a hybrid construction, it's steel and aluminum. Um, I have to be a little bit careful when I put turn the heater in this room on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, the column will grow in height a little bit and also in this direction. But when I do small parts, it's usually really not an issue. It's just so ergonomically well designed. And, and the tilting spindle, at first I was thinking it might be a little bit of a gimmick, but it's, it's really useful when you do. Just the other, other week I was doing a 40-degree chamfer on aluminum parts. Normally I would put a sign magnet on here and hold the parts on, on, a, on the magnet that way, but aluminum is not magnetic. So I just tilted the head by 40 degrees and could keep the parts on the table on my on a super glue chuck. Are you, uh, are you, what are you doing for um, any, any sort of cooling when you're grinding aluminum? Uh, I have cutting oil in a bottle that I will spread on the part and just grind that way. Uh, the machine is not set up for wet grinding. Uh, it has no coolant trough or something like that. It's really a dry grinder. So apparently I was, I was uh, telepathically channeling uh, Bart Harkema, who says, do you use coolant for the grinder? Tips for dealing with heat when using dry, question mark. Um, so I, I grind everything dry. I use wheels that tend to grind relatively cool, like a, a relatively coarse 46 grit. I will do about something about the flicker in a second. Um, a 46 grit aluminum oxide wheel will always grind relatively cool in steel. Uh, and then aluminum, 46 grit silicon carbide wheel with a relatively fast dress. Um, dress the aluminum oxide with about 300 to 400 millimeters per minute speed. Uh, that's the nice thing about the DRO. It shows you the speed you're, uh, you're moving or traversing. So you get a little bit of parameter, parametric that's control on a manual grinder. Uh, and that way the wheel cuts relatively free. And in combination with a cutting oil, it doesn't um, load up. So uh, just in case there's some people joining us that aren't grinder guys, um, when, you, when you dress the wheel with a diamond, like... Uh, if, if there's your wheel and you dress, you dress the wheel with a diamond, the speed that you move that diamond across the wheel as you're dressing it determines kind of how smooth the wheel is when you're finished. And when uh, Stefan says a fast dress, it's moving that diamond across quickly. So you almost put, uh, almost like putting a thread on the wheel, but not as egregious. And that tends to uh, grind cooler. Um, so Unix Carbide asked us a question. He says, uh, social question from a home hack. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you generally have taught me about a, the world of precision. I think that's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> what kinds of things do you think would enable more people to do more precision work? What are the barriers to entry? Uh, the barrier of entry is in my, I 
think it's thinking that you either cannot do it or you don't need it. That um, I, I read and write a lot in, in a hobby forum with a lot of hobbyists. And there the common consensus all very often, ah, you don't need to work that precise at home. And that's a gross generalization, I think. Uh, if, if making tooling is your hobby in machining or in home, home model engineering, uh, precision is an issue or uh, is, is, a, is a goal. So um, many people seem to, how to, how to say that in words. Um, well, I, I like your, I like your approach. Uh, which if, is... if I need precision, I, I will try to make it precise. Um, of course, it will take longer in the beginning, but you will, in general, get faster with the precise work, and you will get even faster if you do uh, medium precision stuff like uh, general machine work. Excellent. You'll get extremely fast at indicating stuff, checking stuff, understanding how uh, clamping pressure and cutting pressure affects your setup. All that will teach you a lot. And I'm going to provide a little counterpoint. I think you need to know when to not be precise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I, I will I, just use a handheld drill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to balance to balance the precision setup, of course. Uh, here's a question that we couldn't have avoided. Um, Eunice Fritz asks, "Hey, Stefan, having heard that you don't make." PFGs, I think he means precision ground stones, because PFG is a trademark. And I think I call mine precision bench stones. Precision bench stones. Anymore, I can't help but be even prouder of my pair. I think he means <laughs> his pair of stones. Mm, I uh, hope so. What? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'll I'll get I'll behave. Uh, they are the nicest in the tool making shop I work for, would you, grind, would you grind them over in a few years? Yeah. Uh, I have a regrind option in, in the, on the, on the sales page. As a fellow uh, stone grinder, I think any of us would be happy to uh, give your stones a, um, whoever you bought them from would be happy to give them a spot. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, my own my own ones look all like crap. They are, they are beat up. They are dirty, and they have the edges are all banged up, and they still work. They still work. I don't even put them in, in the ultrasonic cleaner or something like that. I just when they get too sticky from oil and stuff like that, which they shouldn't because you shouldn't stone stuff that's oily. Uh, I just wipe them down with alcohol. So the, the very first set that I ever made, which was, a, it was a picture on Instagram that started this whole, my whole thing, right? Uh, I still use them. They're right over there. I use them every single week. Um, Jarrett1857 says, and once you get to making, to making precise work, overall, it produces results faster. In other mm -hmm. words, cutting to a specific diameter, for example, everything else 
use a welder. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, on the lathe for plus minus 50 micron diameter work, I don't need to measure anything after I did my initial passes to, to calibrate my tool. Then I can just go by the DRO because I know how everything behaves. And that's a really good point too, is you, you, you get a feel for where all your flex is and all mm -hmm. your bop is. Um, uh, this new guy named Adam B at Laney Machine Tech says, uh, learning to do precise work will make lower precision work easier and faster and working precisely will make processing parts easier as in fixturing. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I was still doing uh, CNC milling at work, uh, preparing, I often worked with prepared stock where I uh, precise the stock uh, to, to a cube. And the, the preciser, that step was, the easier was the processing afterwards because every, just you put it up against the stop and every dimension of that stop was always the same. Yep. Uh, Bart, Bart Harkema says, precision machinist stones might be another way to refer to them. But, <laughs> but, but he says, but not sure PMS would be a good name. Uh, we agree. Precision Machinist Stones PMS would not be a good name. Moving on. Um, <laughs> let's pull one out of the queue here. Um, okay, here's one. Mr. Blockman asks, when grinding a radius on the D-bit, how do you indicate the offset of the work? The scale is poor. It is. <laughs> um, on the original Deckel, the yeah, Deepit Brando's scale was very good and had a vernier. On the import machines, you don't have that. Um, once you have your, once you have the, your blank centered uh, to, the, to the axis of rotation, to the swivel motion, you can use an indicator to offset it. Just put an indicator somewhere on the machine base and rest the plunger against the work or against the bit you're grinding and moving it over that way. That will give you a more precise way. Uh, or you grind your radius, kinda, then you use a radius gauge if it's a semi-precise work. Excellent. Uh, P. Mueller 9.2 says, knowing when not to be very precise in Stefan's terms means aligning the shed with a dial test indicator. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. We have another one. Um, Fad Radcator asks, what's the spindle speed of that grinder? Uh, 6,300 RPM, I think, on the spindle. That's a fast so one. It's, it's a 3,000 RPM motor, and it's there's a belt, not reduction, but uh, increasing to, to the highest speed. Is there a, a VFD driving that? I assume there is. No. Yeah. That's a single speed machine, but I will put a VFD in. I, oh. I want the option to make wheels behave differently. So there's not one in there as, uh, as standard? No. Okay. Um, the James, the James Howe asks, what projects are you most enthusiastic about 
or which do you find most interesting or enjoyable? <laughs> the, the coolest projects are usually the science and research projects that I get from an engineer that I work for. Unfortunately, those are also the projects that I can show the least of. Yeah. Uh, most of that is uh, not strictly NDA, but uh, nobody wants those parts to be seen somewhere on the internet. Um, on personal projects, it's uh, usually tooling. Uh, precision tooling is, is really fun to make. <clears throat> like a simple V-block is really fun to make. <laughs> and a V-block is also a quite challenging project to make. Yeah. I just I just ordered 3D printed uh, V blocks from this guy in uh, in Ohio. That's <laughs> the uh, way to make them. Uh, and that's that is also a common problem here is that my antenna work that mm -hmm. I do for my clients I can't show any of it. So <laughs> it's one of those things. So we can only show our our fun projects. Um, well, let's see. We're coming up on the top of the hour here. It's uh, generally when we we wrap it up i think our i think our question queue is empty whoa <laughs> and uh every oh no of course one popped in oh okay this is a good this is a good wrap-up question what is missing this is from hardinge 1966 <laughs> what is missing in stefan's tool armory hmm. that's a good one to be honest that Hmm. I have I have everything that I need. Um, what I would love to have is a um, optical comparator or a large toolmaker's microscope. I have the small Isoma toolmaker microscope, but it has only 25 millimeters of travel on X and Y. And a large optical comparator or floor standing one, which I don't have room for because yeah. they are huge, would be a real nice addition. I've been I've been keeping an eye out uh, for optical comparators that are local because if if you buy them, <laughs> you know they're they're big. Yeah, and you don't want to put them on a pallet and ship them with a with a freight carrier around. No, that's then they become formerly optical comparators. <laughs> then you can learn how to make a new new glass for it. Yeah, just like Robin did. He he had. <laughs> He had to make the fancy uh, inscribed glass, which of course he did because, <laughs> because Robin. Okay, guys. Well, thanks so much. Uh, Stefan, thank you so much for, for uh, taking the time and joining us today. That was, yeah, that was real fun. Thanks yeah. for having me. Would you, would you come back? I would. Yeah, absolutely. I'm waiting, if you, if you... I'm waiting for somebody to say to me, never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a lot of fun. We'll see you on the Discord server. Yeah. At some point. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us today and uh, and and giving uh, Stefan a workout here. Uh, <laughs> we do this every Sunday at uh, the same bat time, same bat channel, uh, 1700 Zulu. Oh, uh, Zulu or GMT? Um, for the military guys, Zulu. For the civilians, GMT. Okay. We'll take it. Okay. <laughs> So 17th GMT uh, next Sunday, I, I don't see any impediments. We'll be back here. Stefan, thanks so much. I look forward to shaking your hand one of these days. Yeah, I hope I, hope I make it ever to the U.S. 
you let me know when and if you ever uh, you know if, if you need a place to stay you've got it all right everyone have a great day go enjoy your shop thank you folks <laughs> yeah bye bye